Hello everyone, welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist. I'm already laughing because <laughs> I have one of my favorite guests on the show, Elisa. Yay! Hi Elisa, how are you? Hi everyone, how are you doing? I hope everyone is well. Yes, so Elisa, if you don't know her, she has been on previous episodes and they are our, they are our most liked and pretty popular episodes actually i don't know if you knew that oh that's really good that's cool yeah so she's come out on like the harry potter episode and the introvert episode and we always have lots to talk about and today we're going to talk about keeping a new year's resolution so this is the through the eyes of a therapist podcast and i really like to interview other therapists so that you can kind of see what's going on in our brains at any given moment. And so we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions through the eyes of a therapist today. And did you know, according to goodmorningamerica.com, <laughs> so scholarly, right? Most commonly, people aspire to lose weight, exercise more, quit smoking or eat healthier. And many people abandon their resolution by a month or less into the year. I mean, that, that sounds about so like right to me. Um, I used to always notice, um, because I've got dogs, right? And I've been walking them forever. And um, always around January, I would notice a significant uh, increase of people at the park with their dogs. And when oh. when you like regularly walk at a park, you and you're going more or less the same times of the day. You know, you get to kind of know the people who always go with their dogs. You know, you kind of know, uh, and because um, you see them all the time, and so you definitely notice. And you'll see a bunch of puppies and all this stuff, right? Well, sure enough, by by like February, these pe same people are not walking their dogs anymore. You kind of stop seeing them at the park. So I definitely, I mean, um, we all know, that, I'm sure most people have that experience of like going to crowded gyms, right? And then they get a little bit less crowded, um, February, March. Wow, that's an interesting observation. So you'd walk around the park and then suddenly, not suddenly, I'd say gradually, Right. Like over time, you see less and less people walking their probably newly gifted Christmas puppies and things like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, which I always found a little bit sad because, you know, those dogs, they like to get walked. It's it's good for their mental health. Right. Dog mental health. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, that you notice uh, suddenly a lot of sudden new people and then uh, an increase in about a month. Right. I mean, a decrease in about a month. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I would notice that. Yeah. So I do know, you know, and I certainly have made, um, resolutions in the past a while back. I don't, I haven't made resolutions in a long time. Have you? Uh, yeah, I think at some point I just gave up on <laughs> making New Year's resolutions. <laughs> um, I used to in the past and they were, uh, most of them were like weight driven and things like that. Um, but yeah. I think over time, as I've become more comfortable with who I am in my own skin and my body and how I've recognized that, I think I'm 
more than just a number on a scale. I think that I've done less resolutions that are related to weight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You talk about packed gyms. So, for example, I do have a gym membership. And um, during the holiday vacation, I didn't really do very much of really anything except work. Right. I have to keep up with um, seeing my clients and things like that. But otherwise, like podcasting, um, content creation, all of that was kind of on hold and including going to the gym was on hold because my son was home. Right. So he was not at his little like escuelita. So um, I became like full time stay at home mom. And um, I'm kind of afraid to go back to the gym right now. Yeah. January 1st, 2nd, like this first week I of know, the gym, right? you know? Yes. I'm kind of afraid to go back to the So I have been working out regularly since June, but I had to stop mm-hmm. because actually my trainer suddenly stopped. And so I stopped. We both, like, oh. <laughs> I kind of put, I kind of kept going for a little bit with uh, plans she would send me on the phone. Uh, she had some car trouble and she had some health issues so she had to take a little break um and then i kind of i got um some food poisoning uh recently and i kind of yeah I, I i have issues with the stomach uh but then i i dropped off as well so now i'm like i feel like i'm starting um next week too i feel like but I have been going this whole time, except for like the last two weeks of December, you know, it will be interesting because I think it is going to be packed because I go after work. There's a lot of people that go before work. I am not one of those Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) I can't, I can't get up that early personally. I don't, I don't, I feel physically ill trying to work out in the mornings. I don't know. I think it also has to do with my stomach. Um, My stomach is just not awake that early and uh, I feel a bit nauseous. But, uh, hmm. but so I can't do it before work, but I go after work and I'm pretty sure I'm going to see a lot of pe- new people there that I don't usually see. Yeah. I wonder how much money gyms are making right now. Makes me think of that. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but I don't know. I think people are trying to go back to the gyms now since we were kind of off during the pandemic. I don't know. That too, right? Yeah. yeah. I still get kind of a little bit creeped out about like touching gym equipment and people not wearing masks. I mean, it's kind of an enclosed area. People are breathing heavily. There's droplets in the air. Right. And it's like, yeah, gym germ fest. Well, the gym I go to is fairly small. And so it doesn't have that many members. Um, So usually it's not that big of a problem. You know, I don't know. I, I got used to germs again. I don't know. I just, uh, I got really good about um, just not touching my face and washing my hands as soon as I get home, even before I, oh my before God, I, I shower. Oh my face right because, now. Because uh, uh, I've gotten pretty good at just when I'm out, just like trying to not touch so many things and not touching my face. And I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh habit I've picked up since the pandemic is just I get home and I go wash my hands you know I mean I washed my hands before but not every time I went somewhere you know um Mm -hmm. but now that I yeah it's good to do that probably 
yeah, like more frequent hand washing for sure, I think is a habit I've picked up as well. Yep. And I think over the holidays, I've noticed, I noticed at the family gatherings, like I wasn't hugging people. I was like, hi, I would just like wave and I'm like, like you stay over there. I stay over here. And I hugged maybe like two or three people. And then I would explain to them, like, I just don't really hug people anymore since the pandemic. I just don't want germs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if people are honest about if they feel well or if they have a symptom or something. And then there's just so many people pack like sardines inside of a house. At least at our family gatherings, like my husband's family is so large. It was like yeah. a, a lot. lot of people. So I'm like, Mm-mm. yeah, I'm like, no. And let's go outside. Let's sit outside. You know, like I don't want to be inside the house. With poor circulation. Anyway, this is all tied back to New Year's resolutions. <laughs> um, <clears throat> because of the gym. So, um, yeah, I don't know when I will go back. But I'm probably going to have to go during a time. I have a like a 24-hour gym place. Mm. So I'm going to have to find a time where it's kind of dead, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going back next week, but I'm not sure, actually. I should probably ask. I'm excited to go back, actually. And, you know, I think people start off with resolutions like that, like just excited to do something new or to, uh, you know, to to set new intentions and new goals for themselves. But I think sometimes where people might feel like they're dropping off is when it doesn't become a part of their lifestyle and just kind of becomes this, like, chore, you know? And then mm-hmm. that, I think that's when people are kind of like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it doesn't become part of their lifestyle as in like a ritual. Like when you brush your teeth in the morning, for example. Right. It's like, that's just something you do. Yeah. I mean, most people, I think, do yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's when so, resolutions are more successful, when it just becomes a part of something that is a lifestyle change rather than, than some kind of a, I guess a restriction, like, I don't know, like I'm not going to eat any sugar anymore or, you know, cause when we feel restricted at some point, we're like, nah, I don't, I don't you know, I want sugar or I need sugar. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't look at, don't push the red button. I want to push a red button. Yeah. Right. It's like that kind of like urge. It's like the opposite. Cause humans are like that. It says in this good morning America article that habits or habit forming takes time. About 66 days on average, it takes to form a habit. Wow. So that's like two months. Yeah. Más o menos. I had read that it takes 90 days to reform like a lifelong habit. That's a long time. And for some reason, I thought it was like 21 days. I am very mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, three weeks. Cool. Like you read three months and then this study said 66 days. So I'm clearly I'm like, wait. Uh, like underestimating but it makes sense i mean having to put that into practice for quite a long time in long term makes sure, sense yeah yeah so whatever that might right. be and you know so that you can also get into that kind of uh just maintenance phase right of of change yes and i think this also goes for like 
Um, those kinds of New Year's resolutions, I was looking at something on Instagram a little earlier today um, that talked about New Year's resolutions that don't have anything to do with weight because I think that that can be triggering for some people if they have like disordered eating patterns or um, like a bad relationship with uh, food or body dysmorphia tendencies or things like that, right? Um, sometimes these, you know, Nutrisystem commercials are like, you know, join our gym for five cents a month or whatever, like things are yeah. not like the healthiest content to come across. So sometimes people will do New Year's resolutions that are based on like something emotional or relational, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm going to keep in touch with my family a little bit more, or I'm going to schedule a phone date with my best friend, you know, once every week or something like that. So I think it could be applied to any New Year's resolution, I'm assuming, as long as it's any like behavior based habit. For sure. And I, I think people are much more likely to stick to things long term if it's if you're adding something to your life instead of restricting something to your, you know, res restricting something. And like if you take up a new hobby or you're learning a new skill and you're you are excited about that and you're enjoying learning about it and you're enjoying um, the process, I think it's much more likely to become part of your habits than if you're doing something that you don't want, really want to do. And something that used to happen to me when making resolutions back when I made resolutions is I'd kind of panic about like, oh, I don't have a resolution. And I'd just like pick something, you know, or like make one really kind of hastily and, you know, not prepare for it. So, yeah, I used mm -hmm. to feel kind of obligated to have a resolution. And now I'm like, hey, I don't I don't do those, you know. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares anymore? <laughs> I wonder if that comes with like age or like maturity or like worldview. I don't, I wonder because I know that went for sure when I was younger, like I was like, oh, resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. No, same. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both, like both experience and age, you know? Yeah. That saying where it's like the older you get, you care less what people think. Right. I think that's a little bit, I, I'm finding that to be a little bit more true as I age a little bit more. Yeah. For me as well, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. And I'm not, you know, going to invest into energy into things that are not healthy. I'm not going to stay in an unhealthy place or, or, you know, with people who are just not um, providing that relationship that you want, that friendship or whatever, you know, so it's kind of like. I don't have time for that, you know. You you start you start to prioritize more like yourself and the things that make you happy and things like that, you know. Mhm, mm true. I think also like as far as the gym thing, right? For example, I think before it was very like unhealthy. I used to in a past life, I think I've told you this before. You know this about me. I used to be a uh, fitness instructor. And it was really like an unhealthy, imbalanced relationship with like exercise and food. It was like teach six fitness classes, but eat a whole sleeve of Oreos every day. Like it was really bad. Um, and whatever, my body was fine 
and it looked it looked good because of how much exercise I was engaging in, but that was really bad. Now that I'm older, <laughs> my knees and my back are like, uh, what did you do to me? Um, so I'm paying for it later on. But I think now that I go to the gym, it's more like for my mental health. And I know that I'm doing it for like my heart health or yeah. like, oh, I'm doing it so my back can be strong. Right. Not like so I can look a certain way and eat a sleeve of Oreos every day. Right. Like it's not that weird imbalance like. It's a healthier, disordered, healthier relationship mm -hmm. with the gym. Yeah, for sure. It's more like, okay, I just need to keep myself sane. Right. And I understand that I sit all day and sitting is like the new smoking. Um, And so I know that I can't be sitting all day and I have to be strong because I have a toddler that I chase around every day. You know, so it's it's very different now Um, that I'm older. It's like, okay, I've got to like maintain the machine. Right. <laughs> Um, so I can make it into old age with some mobility. You yeah, know? for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, quality of life, right, becomes more important um, when you're a little bit older, just maintaining that, being able to do the things that you do, uh, being stronger and such. I wonder if that's what people maybe should consider when they're setting New Year's resolutions, because I think that's what's problematic about the resolution mindset, right, is that people put that emphasis on the short term like okay I can keep this up for like 30 40 60 days or even like up to six months or a year or something mm -hmm. and I think the people who are successful at setting a new year's resolution that sticks for a lifetime is that long-term focus right yeah is like okay how does this improve my quality of life overall how is this going to give me longevity in my body for example like long term long long time long term mobility or you know mental health into my old age or if i am dealing with mental illness how does this play into my self care and all of that other stuff like the bigger picture sort of thing yeah for sure i've really since i've been so consistent uh, for the last 6 months with the gym it has really changed kind of what I'm able to do, you know, like, I don't know, I'll lift something and I'll notice that it doesn't feel heavy, you know, or I'm not struggling with it and things like that. And I think mm -hmm. that that is like, that's the encouragement that you kind of want instead of, you know, in the past when you focus on a number, right, a number, hitting a specific number or doing something um, that's extremely quantifiable. Sorry, my dog is coughing. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but either way, whiskey. A little say, bit. Excuse me. <laughs> um, oh, whiskey. But uh, but yeah. So that has been my motivation to kind of continue going. Is I want to be feel. I want to feel stronger. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like I want to be able to carry a bag of dog food in into my trunk without help. Right. right? Or like put my toddler in their car seat. For as long as they need or yeah, whatever and without, like, breaking myself. That's where I first noticed it, too. Like, I went to academy with a friend who can't lift because she had, like, surgery on her shoulder. Um, and she needed uh, one of those, you know, long, um, one of those tent things. Uh, what do you call them? The canopy? Um, oh, yeah. So I, I was like, oh, I'll get those for you, you know. 
and that just was like lifting them into the car all like like nothing with your strong ass <laughs> shoulders all buff but, uh, that's cool <laughs> but that would have been a little bit i would have been struggling before i would have been like Ugh, you know like uh uh just struggling mm-hmm. to move them before and uh, i really like feeling you know more fit so to speak that's awesome good for you thanks that's great that's a good feeling yeah, no, I, I really like lifting. I think the problem was all along, I've never liked cardio very much. Um, but I really enjoy lifting. Lifting's fun. Yeah. Yeah. One quick story. I Every time that I try yoga, I hurt myself. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the very first movement, um, I think it's called, like, a sunset something, like, where you bend yeah. at your waist. Immediately, just, like... My back gives oh, out. Oh no! Mm-hmm. How many times have you tried and I it? I fall that, over like a. That you know this now. Like four or five times, I'm like, I'm gonna go to a yoga class. I'm gonna do it. I go to like a rec center. I go to like a legit yoga person. I've tried like a private yoga lesson. I've done YouTube. Like I'm just like, and no, I don't learn my lesson. <laughs> I just anyway. So I cannot include that at least that movement in yoga. Like I can as long as I skip that first movement. Yeah. Sun salutation. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's just not going to happen. I can't. I don't know why. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yes. For you, what is your opinion on people who want to include like therapy or going to therapy for their like New Year's resolution? Um. I mean, I think that's a good. That's a good resolution. Uh, for sure. And I think, though, that um, I read a lot and I'm reading a book right now where the the uh, it's a biography. So the, the person goes to a ther- has been going has been going to a therapist for a while. And this is the first time the therapist brings up, like, do you know that this is kind of abuse because uh, her mother was kind of emotionally very abusive to her and. Um, and she leaves and she never goes back, right? And that's kind of a, oh, shoot. an example of kind of the person not, well, well, both, because sometimes you, you know, as a therapist, it's a struggle to find that balance of, you know, is the client ready for this kind of conversation or this reframing of something that has been their whole life, you know, and they see it a different mm-hmm. way than how we see it maybe. Right, so we know it's yeah. a fine balance, and we know it's uh, it's it can be challenging. But I wonder if people who set that resolution, if they've thought about, um, if they're ready to explore things that sometimes may be uncomfortable. Now, that's not to say therapy is going to be uncomfortable every time you go, and it should not feel that way. You know, I'm just wondering if sometimes people are maybe unprepared i don't know what the word is that i'm looking for i don't know if unprepared is the right word um yeah i see what you're saying like misinformed or like um and i think that's why like informed consent's really important right like throughout the whole process like tell the therapist and not formally in every session right like oh let us go over how this content may or may not trigger you today right? right but like just kind of going over 
in very simple terms, like, you know, I like for, for example, I tell my clients sometimes like, oh, this is one of those examples of like how therapy sucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> they just like laugh because it's true. Like sometimes therapy is full of like epiphanies and revelations and they're like, hell yeah, I feel empowered. Like screw these people. Yeah. <laughs> or like I feel validated and like vindicated and all these things. Right. And they feel really victorious and like powerful right and then sometimes they're like holy shit this is awful mm -hmm. you know like i'm super triggered or wow i didn't realize that i you know i have to mourn all this like life that i lost or whatever yeah. it is yeah. that's horrible for them for sure and i yeah and i think that being able to tell clients in some way that like therapy is not rainbows and unicorns or it's not like just this trendy thing where it's like oh you know, yes, you will engage in self-discovery and it will help you live a more fulfilled life, but it doesn't come at some sort of yeah discomfort or right. like cost. Yeah, and you know, this person writes that they were absolutely very defensive, right, in that section, and they weren't ready um, to see their mom in a different way. Uh, you know, so mm -hmm. they themselves... Which is really insightful. Yes, now acknowledge like you know it wasn't the therapist's fault i just she wasn't ready to do that to do that mm -hmm. part or that work yet right and and yeah. and i haven't finished it but if she's talking like that it sounds like she has since gained a lot of more insight awareness and um i think she she i'm now the part where she goes to another she goes to another therapist specializing in eating disorders because she had a an eating disorder as well but but um, so she definitely gave it another shot, right? And sometimes that happens. You, ha you have to like find someone else or whatnot. But she herself is acknowledging at that time when I first went, I wasn't prepared for all that stuff, you know? Um, so, so, you know, and, and they can, that can happen. So all I would say is just like, um, and this is not to scare anyone off of therapy or anything like that. Um, it's just to kind of see what your reasons are kind of for going and, and are you ready for all the good empowering stuff? And are you aware that sometimes the session's not like that, right? Not every time, but every now and then it's, it's going to be a difficult session, maybe depending on your life and trauma and all that. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, that's well said. And I think for therapists listening to this section, and maybe considering why clients leave or disappear, remembering that everybody has their own internal processes and reasons, right? It's like we can't really ever take that personally. I mean, there are some times where we just clearly F up <laughs> and it's like, okay, we did harm in the relationship and I'm glad that the client left or whatever, like, and you should take ownership of that and like try to repair but if, you know, sometimes the client is just not ready or you've led them to a place where that's as far as they can go with you and it's okay to accept that yeah. and then let them like rest or it's like you've planted that seed for them and then it'll get watered and sunlight and all of that with another person or with another life situation or they'll process on their own and then they'll return at a later time or they'll become insightful or mature on their own or whatever. 
right? Yeah. Like self-actualization can happen at any other point in time. It just makes me think of that too on the other side. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think uh, everyone has experienced that at some point, you know. And sometimes you're able to Mm -hmm. avoid it or backtrack or realize very quickly how uncomfortable the other person is and kind of slow down, you know. Um, Sometimes you're Mm -hmm. able to do that. And there's times, other times where you're just not, uh, you know, or or like you said, you you make a mistake or you go too fast or or whatnot and and you can't. But but, um, I think it's good to have that discussion just around like – you know, self-awareness on both parts, right? Both the therapist and kind of the client, what they're prepared for and just always testing those waters. But I think that's a great resolution though, because deciding to go to therapy uh, means that you want to kind of work on yourself or work some stuff out or um, process some things that you haven't had a chance to do. So it, it, it is a good, you know, it's taking care of your mental health. Absolutely. Do you have any final points or tips? I would say my only tip for a resolution is something called habit stacking. So let's say you have a resolution of going to the gym, for example, and you are already watching Netflix or you already listen to podcasts or you already read books. You should stack those habits together (laughs) and do them at the same time. So, for example, um, I'm catching up on Love is Blind. Uh, I think it's the third season. But I will not watch it unless I am on some sort of treadmill or bike. Ah. And then I turn it off when I'm not on a treadmill or bike. Oh, so it's um, you're kind of connecting that exercise to like a reward kind of at the same time. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's my tip of the day <laughs> for New Year's resolutions. Maybe that needs to be uh, a podcast we do uh, on that show because I watch that as well. But um, oh, the third one, the third, yeah. Oh God, that's a whole thing, right? <laughs> I know. Ugh. We should. We will. Okay. Um, but anyway, final thoughts. Um, I, I think just be patient with yourself. Um, you know, as far as when you set goals for yourself, just being patient and acknowledging that all change takes time. It takes time. It takes, uh, and not to try and be perfect with that resolution all the time, because then it becomes black and white thinking. Like, you know, like the example I gave with sugar as in like, I can never have sugar again. It's a pretty hard goal to meet. You know, but if you frame it differently, like, uh, you know, I'll try to make healthy choices today. You know, I'm going to ha- I'm, I'm gonna make good choices for lunch instead of I can never have X, Y, or Z. It becomes a much more positive way to frame it. So that would be my advice as far as resolutions. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. I like that. Yeah. So making it a little bit less like pressured instead of so clear cut. Then you'll set yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. So look out for our <laughs> next recording together. Thank you, Elisa, for coming back on to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. Thank you for having me. It had been a while since I had been on, so I'm glad to be back. Yes. Thank you so much. And until next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>